the only limit is your imagination and the time you're willing to put in to make that imagination happen. That's it. And, and our job is to reduce that time, you know, make it faster and faster, simpler and simpler to make great things happen. Welcome to the Learning to Change podcast, where we explore the power of the modern learner's lens and put the focus on learning. I'm your host, Melissa Emler, and today we're kicking off a series on events. At Modern Learners, we help a lot of people and organizations host meaningful events. We're focused on designing high-quality learning events, and we leverage a variety of design techniques and tools to do just that. In this series, we'll talk with a variety of industry experts and dig into some of those design techniques and tools. As we progress through the series, each episode will introduce new speakers, each bringing their own expertise and viewpoints on various facets of event planning and execution. From budgeting nuances to creative activations and evolving attendee expectations, our guests will share their experiences and predictions for the future of events. Our first guest is Michael Helmbrecht, a thought leader in event technology and attendee engagement. He serves as the vice president of product management at Ring Central Events. He brings a wealth of knowledge and innovation to our discussion. With his extensive background in digital event platforms and a commitment to enhancing participant experiences, Michael offers a unique perspective on how technology can empower attendees and transform the dynamics of events. We'll explore the crucial concept of attendee agency, delving into how it shapes the events and the event experience, and the pivotal role technology plays in facilitating this. Michael will provide insights into the tools and strategies that enable participants to have more control and a richer, more personalized event experience. Lots of learning happens through what we experience at events. And since the pandemic, lots of things have changed for events. Join us as we explore what we've learned from the changes in the event industry. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? Thanks, Missy. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to give you some context and to give the listeners some context, I want to share a little bit of the history of modern learners because it, it explains and perfectly depicts sort of the learning that we've done and how we've ended up pivoting into caring so much about events. So here's a little history. So back in 2016, Modern Learners started a cohort-based coaching program, and it was called Change School. And between 2016 and 2020, we served 12 cohorts and approximately 1,100 people. And way back in 2017, we were way ahead of the game because we were using video conferencing technology like RingCentral. And so people were amazed at how connected we were in this Change School program. And it was 100% virtual. And so we were all in on this experience because there was lots of learning happening and we, we loved the intensity of the relationships because it just worked. So fast forward to 2020 and the world shut down. 
and events took on a whole new meaning. And suddenly our team were like experts in video conferencing, which everyone was doing. And we experienced lots and lots of video conferencing meetings. You know, we were, we had Zoom fatigue, all of us, but we saw some really bad practices and we knew that we could do it better. So we started helping people facilitate their online meetings and events in a different way. Mm -hmm. And we also started to realize that everyone was trying to do these big events. They were trying to move their in-person events online and it required a different link for every section or session that was at the event. And we were like, oh, this can be done differently, which is how we were introduced to Hopin events. And since that time, we have transitioned with the Hopin technology into being a Ring Central customer. And the same is true. Events are large scale events are so much better when they can live under one roof and create one community. And we love it. But what's happened is a whole lot of change and a whole lot of learning. Yes. So that's how we came to this conversation, Michael. So can you tell us a little bit about how you're coming to this conversation? Where were you pre-pandemic? And then how has this evolved? And where was Ring Central? And how has this changed over time? Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing the background. But the last few years, especially if you're in this technology space, feels feels like dog years. Um, it's gone. It's an amazing amount of change in a really short period of time, not just technically, but just in terms of how we all use technology and how it's changed our lives and frankly, how people work where they work. So I've been in video, uh, you know, whether it's video conferencing or meeting a collaboration or, you know, video within contact centers as well, you know, in other spaces for a long time, for about 15 years, um, in, in primarily software, but also hardware. And services. I joined Ring Central two years ago, and I've been leading the the video businesses ever since. And, and Ring Central, we have a portfolio of businesses in the meeting space. You know, uh, room extensions for that room, native room applications, so you can run kind of optimized experiences, rooms, webinars, which is something we launched this year, and then through acquisition this summer, the Hopin business, uh, Hopin Events, now Ring Central Events, which I, I was a part of of the whole process of, of pursuing that and, 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 and doing the deal and, and welcoming an incredible team into Rank Central and, and, and getting to be part of this, this terrific product line. So uh, that's, that's my background. I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's an amazing dynamic space and, and a lot of fun. Yeah. So tell me, what was like the triggering purpose or reason behind the recognition of the Happen event technology and the implications that that could have for Ring Central's commitment to video and events just in general like how what was the bridge you were seeing and what was the trigger point of that would be a good idea yeah i mean i think first anytime you look at a business there's the business fundamentals of it and that was those were clear and it was an attractive business and attractive value proposition for us and and without that nothing else would happen it's an excellent team. The, the Hopin leadership built, you know, really exceptional teams from customer success and service and sales and marketing all the way through, you know, engineering and, and product. Just some world class people that are really passionate about what they built and what they've do they've done and serving customers and making events awesome. Like that that that's a huge part of it for me and for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, so bring that kind of talent and enthusiasm and excitement for the customer and the and their needs and how we solve them. That's just awesome. Strategically, though. 
you know, the way I really look at this and we really look at this is the continuum of experiences, you know. Please talk more about that. That continuum of experiences is a big deal. And I actually believe that that's, to some extent, the missing piece in a lot of event spaces and companies that I'm working with is that continuum of experiences. And that's essentially what I lived through in the modern learners experience. Like we were here in 2016, then this happened in 2020. And then after 2020, we were, we're still moving towards a different space on the continuum. So tell me more about that. Well, I think, I think, Going back to that, you know, in the sort of five-year lens way back machine, although five years doesn't feel like that long. I mean, it, um, if you go back then or even in 2019, you know, events were things we did in person exclusively, you know, anything of size, certainly trade shows and conferences. Um, if you were going to have a customer advisory board, it was almost always in person if it was at scale. Analyst events, uh, partner summits, those were always in-person activities, conferences for sales, and people traveled to them. And if there were travel restrictions, less People went, and sometimes there was a streaming component to it, but mainly everything was biased around imperfect person experiences. And, and the big conferences, obviously, were a huge thing. And then it, it was like the music stopped and and the plane stopped flying, and nobody went anywhere in in, in 2020, certainly, and, and for a lot of folks, the first half of 21, even. I think Oppen was one of the the first companies to really build uh, something that could replicate the experiences. And I think that's what's so great about Ring Central events and what we've inherited and we're building on top of is, it's really a customer-centric experiential platform. And that's what I love about it. That's what attracted me to it versus other players in the space that we could have done business with, is that it really is based on trying to create virtual and hybrid hybrid onsite experiences that give event marketers, it could be digital marketers, it could be learning and development organizations, you name it, the ability to bring in that personalization and customization and branding to, to bring in um, the engagement and the the excitement and then sort of the sizzle that comes behind in-person events. There's always been an element of them that's exciting and fun and energetic and making that real and possible in a virtual context or in a hybrid context is, is a technical, significant technical challenge. And, and that's one of the things about this platform that I love and about this team is that they did just such a great job of giving organizers the ability to customize and personalize and brand and make the experience theirs and completely theirs. Where it is, it's truly an experience, whether it's the stages or the networking or the expos or the landing pages, the collateral, the follow-up, everything is about engagement and about making it look and feel as an attendee, like you're doing something special and exciting. And, and I think that is a, a fairly unique perspective that is this product's heritage. And I think that's why, you know, the customers who use it generally love it because it lets it gives them the power to build something special. Absolutely. So just an experience that I'll share uh, in 2020, Modern Learners hosted what we called the Conference of Conversations. And it was our first event in the Hopin technology. And we named the networking. Uh, we simply changed the name from networking to the hallway. We had to explain what it was. Um, this is always so you click the button and you could talk to anyone. You may or may not know them. And 
that was very intriguing and people really loved it. It's what set our event apart and what made people say, are you going to do that again? That was really great. And certainly we were able to sort of brand the the idea of this is a conference of conversations. We had multiple sessions and we had intentionally designed time for hallway conversations and that kind of thing. But it was the serendipity through the hallway, uh, the networking space that made it truly feel different than clicking into just a single video conference meeting where everybody has their same square and, and that kind of thing. Both things are definitely necessary in the market. And again, speak to that continuum of service, you know, based on what you need should impact the product you choose to use. But that networking piece was great. And then the market changed a bit. The more webinars or meetings we attended online, our human consumption and human behaviors changed and adapted in the midst of that. And so um, the first conference of conversations, networking in the hallway was a really, really big deal. But when we did that same thing, probably eight months later, things had evolved so much Uh, that people didn't want to use that networking because they were so fatigued, because so many things were happening in the video space that they were less apt to sort of push the button and connect with people at that point, right? They just kind of wanted to sit and observe what was happening in the sessions. And the thing they liked about the sessions within the hop-in technology is they didn't have to be a square on the screen. They could observe, and that really freed them. So that became the part everybody reported on as being their favorite, is that I didn't have to be on screen, but I could still experience the conversation. And even now, a few years post-COVID, where there are a balance of in-person events and online learning opportunities, we're seeing people come back into the hallway networking conversations and be more willing to again, engage in those conversations and in that networking piece. And again, we still have to be intentional about how we're scheduling it and how we're how we're speaking about it from the stage presence. But it is really a continuum of experience that is absolutely impacted by the attendees' behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think what what Ring Central Events, you know, uh, does so well and what customers like about it is it gives them the control to make it whatever they want it to be. It's an all-in-one platform, whether you're running a purely virtual event or a hybrid on-site event. You can have sessions that are completely engaged where everybody's on screen, or you can have just certain people be on screen and the others listen, or you can have things that are completely streamed and it's just text-based, chat and Q&A. And really it's a very much more formal structured session. And you can go even further and pre-produce all that content and make it as visually impactful as you want, like you're making a movie with you know, studio effects and and going to a soundstage and doing all that amazing stuff. Any and all of that's possible. It, it means that you can run, and we have customers who do, who run, you know, TV production quality events, um, honoring central events around the world for tens of thousands of people. And then we also have people who use the exact same platform to do uh, internal all hands for 200 folks within a company because they want the branding, they want the personalization, they want the app integrations that we bring. They want all the tools and capabilities that they have from the bigger, you know, what could be a hundred thousand person conference, but they want to be able to use that, those tools the way they want to in that context, but still make it special, make it an experience, not, not just a meeting, you know, another meeting. Yeah. It allows you to, to be thematic, to make it feel 
like this matters in a different way than your everyday workload and productivity. Even though the underlying technologies are very much the same, the way it's packaged together for the customer to have those choices and, and how it is so per- customizable and personalizable and how it is so comprehensive, that empowers leaders, whether they be in marketing or they be in HR or they be in sales, to use this in you know unique ways. And, and that's what's exciting. That's what I think that gets me energized because I learn new things about how people are trying to use the technology to, to engage their audience, whether that's their coworkers or that's their customers or that's their prospects or their partners. Yeah. Two things related to that. So when we first were building events in the Hopin technology, the reason we often chose it was because of what we called in the field of education as attendee agency. The mm-hmm. attendee has the control over the way in which they engage. And that is that was, first of all, that's very important to the work that we do at Modern Learners because we are constantly leaning into the concept of learner agency and wanting to give people control over their own learning experiences. The other thing that you talk about in regards to the overall feeling of how it feels to be inside of the event, I think what we're leaning into is the feeling of belonging and the feeling of community. And so in the midst of using the Ring Central events platform and sort of evolving into what professional development would look like in a post-pandemic era. It centers on community content and events. Mm-hmm. And the event sort of builds the community and sustains the community. It invites yeah. people in and it brings people back. And mm-hmm. so when you can do that in person, it's great. But in the midst of the pandemic, the in-person piece was lost in what Ring Central Events has done is bring that opportunity back so you can invite people to the community and you can keep them connected to the community all through sort of the click of a button. Yeah, I agree. And, and the world has changed. I was listening to something today on, on just sort of like um, economic trends and, and where things are. And even with return to office, which is, which, I, you know, I think is an important, an important thing culturally within organizations, you know, there's still millions more, and I think it's over 5 million people more working from home just in the U.S. alone full-time than were pre-pandemic. And that doesn't account for all the people who work from home a day or two a week that are in offices now, you know, three or four days a week. The the being in person is, you know, it's something I think most people, you know, crave to some extent. It's just a matter of how much. Some people really need it all the time and some people need it a little less often and, and need more quiet. But events are a destination. And the reason that People who like going to say big conferences or internal events within their company or, you know, to a continuing education beyond that they have to, in some cases, the people that really enjoy it, it's because of the personal connections and, and what they learn. But a lot of what they learn is from their peers and from the conversations that happen around the, the main stages in the sessions. And, you know, that's what we try to enable. We try to make it so it can be organic. And so the organizer, you know, can, um, let people participate on their terms, or as you say, have agency uh, over their experience. Just like if you're in person, some people want to go to the front of the room and be right up there asking questions, standing up at the mic and, you know, making eye contact with the, the panelists or presenters. And some people sometimes just want to hang in the back and be a little bit anonymous because they might want to walk out of the session if they're bored and jump over to another one. And that's all okay. Um, some people go to the expos and, and spend a lot of time networking with peers and some don't, but they should have those choices. Our job is to make it 
easy for the organizers to create that experience and pre present those options in the way that they wish. And, and I think that's what the product does very well. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's coming next, because I know when Ring Central Events was sort of released to the world uh, in, in the Ring Central uh, product suite, there was lots of talk about what's coming. And I was very excited to see um, a lot of talk about AI and the impact that AI might have on events. And so I have a couple of other like featurey kind of things that I'd love to know about in regards to um, how that might impact the world of learning and development. But let's talk a little bit about where AI is going to take events at large. What's now possible that wasn't potentially possible before? Well, I think AI manifests itself in a lot of different technologies. And uh, the way we put it together is what's exciting about it. Right now, the focus that we have on AI is, is, is really around, first and foremost, making it easier for the organizer to do their job and be successful. Um, it still takes a lot of skill and time to make an event that really has a high production value and is exactly what you want it to be. You get out of it what you put into it, or more importantly, your audience, your attendees get out of it what you put into it. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is leverage AI to first and foremost, not exclusively, but first and foremost, make it easier so, uh, so that uh, somebody wants to organize an event and have a really engaging high production value uh, experience for their attendees, the bar to do so is much lower. That, that's the first step. So uh, what we've announced so far is things around like smart content generation. So we can automate the process of creating your landing pages, your invitation emails, your branding. Even. Um, and there's so much further we will go there. Um, because the other part of it is not necessarily the AI's companion to it, but you can look to things like templates and series and making things reusable assets are, are directions you'll see us going along the same theme. So that once you've built something you like, you can reuse components of it. And then, you know, you can also use AI uh, content creators, for example, to help you go even further. And so that's one. Another is it's really stressful when you're hosting an event to try to manage Q&A. That's ah. as a moderator or a group, especially, I mean, if you're on your own, Lord, that's hard. But even with a group of people, it's really hard. If you've got hundreds of thousands of people that are, that are asking questions and cues and it's cycling down. It's, you know, as an attendee, you don't realize that's just really hard because you usually have a group of people who are collaborating and trying to answer those questions and they can lose track of them. Um, and so one of the things we're doing is automating that and, and basically allowing people to just automate, automatically categorize questions and put them into drawers that can open and close. Not only so the attendee, it's easier for them to see, you know, hey, here's all the questions about pricing. Here's all the questions about roadmap. Here's all the questions about customer service or about future, the future of whatever. But for the, the moderators, it brings order to the chaos. So you can sit there and say, okay, Missy, you take this section and you answer those questions. I'm going to take this section. And you're not all having the track across the whole, you know, the whole interface as, as it's constantly scrolling. That is true. And the cognitive overload for the attendees sort of watching that constant scroll is something to take into consideration too. So there is definitely benefit for the organizers and the organizing team. There's also when you have that when you have the ability through AI to organize into, you know, drawers as you called them of content pieces, that really does reduce the cognitive load for the attendee in trying to sort it out too. And I love yeah. that idea. Anytime we especially in a in an online or hybrid event, anytime you can reduce the cognitive load that just being on video creates is really an important feature. That's exciting. 
So another one is, is really, you know, taking the content that's produced, particularly the video streams um, to the stages and enabling organizers to use them as assets more broadly. And that can be if it's pre-produced content, you could use it as teasers or on your landing pages. If it's, you know, something you want to use after the, during or after the event, how do we make it as simple as possible for you to get the excerpts, the clips that you want and be able to, to post those to, you know, website or to share them socially while something's going on or, or leading up to or after an event? Uh, today, that's really hard. Video editing is still an extremely time-consuming activity. If you've ever tried it, the amount of time going in to produce is extraordinary, but then going back and trying to digest it into little bite-sized pieces and that's sort of the TikTok timeframe or the Instagram timeframe or something, that's not easy. And so uh, we'll automate that kind of clip generation and, and suggestion. Obviously, you know, human there's human curation behind it. If we can, we're going to break it down to bite-sized pieces where if you want to get key points from a specific session and be able to post them to social media, we'll just beat your fingertips and you can adjust as needed and blast them on out without having to, you know, have somebody with video editing experience go in and do it for you, which can take hours and hours and hours and cost a lot of money. So the things like that. And then what do you help people? How do we help people with all those assets after the fact? As you said, you know, as you're building a community, how do you take this content from these events that you run and you know, let people engage with it over time, not just in that moment. And, and so there's a lot more that will come there as well that we haven't announced yet, but there's tremendous opportunity here to make this better, make it easier. The other thing that is coming to my mind a lot when I think about AI in the event space, um, one of the things that we do manually as event attendees often is look at this really big schedule of an event. <laughs> and there's, you know, there might be four sections or four sessions for each, you know, time frame. And then you have to sort of cross-reference when they may repeat or if they don't repeat and how you're going to organize your time to get the content that you want out of the event and still have time to go to lunch or have hallway conversations or that kind of thing. So I dream about a time when AI helps people sort of curate their conference experience and sort mm -hmm. of help them set the agenda for themselves by being able to put in what their goals for attending the event are and having AI sort of provide a suggested schedule for their engagement in the event. I think that would be fun and probably very possible. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not I a coder, so I don't know, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that's, I mean, that's going to happen. That has a lot of value for attendees. It, it, it solves the, but I think you can go, it will go, we will go further than that. Because the, the problem you run into, and this is always the one in my day I think about, is the need to be in two or three different places at once. And at, at a conference or an event, that's pretty much the norm all day, all night. And that, I mean, they're just, they're all, we're wonderful and exhausting all at the same time because um, there's so much that you can do, but you the, the physical limits the problem. And I think just like recommend, you know, kind of the recommendation engine of, of where you should prioritize your time, there's the, how do you make, how do you help me to to catch up to what I missed because I was over here, right? And I didn't go to that session. Um, and how do I get access to that? And how do you package that into bite-sized pieces for me? So, you know, I can maybe not have to watch hours and hours and hours of video uh, of the things that I missed, but I can just get the digest of what I want. We already do a lot of that in our business today, in our video business, to diarize and summarize and, you know, give people easy access to things they might have missed or want to, want to refresh on. And these are things that, you know, um, across the whole, the total solution. And one of the benefits of uh, events being part of the Ring Central portfolio is our ability to bring to bear some of these other capabilities that we already have in our video portfolio 
to make it easier for attendees and to solve this problem. So that's kind of a coming attraction. We're not announcing anything in specific about it yet, but yeah, I think there's just a huge amount of value there. Well, and that speaks to the value of sort of being a part of the suite that is honoring the continuum from your initial experience within an event to a totally different experience, but it's still an event. And it might be a one-to-one meeting, but then it could also expand to a, a massive event like we're both used to attending. But let's talk about the... So events are... There's a monetization piece inside Mm -hmm. of events that we cannot sort of ignore because there's a fiscal model. You know, events for businesses are recruitment of new customers and the sustaining of uh, existing customers. And, you know, for learning and development organizations, it's the same, right? We're trying to recruit people and we're trying to keep them there. And we're all trying to learn together, whether we're learning about um, in industry standard industry standards or a specific thematic piece of learning, but we are all all events serve that same purpose no matter wh- what we're here for. And there's monetization pieces with it. And so I'm curious if what we're thinking about sponsors and sponsorship and expo areas and how those are evolving because in reality, the expo areas, I think the field sales reps would tell you that the expo area during the pandemics, uh, that that didn't work so well for them. And it's a combination of the way people behave in a digital platform, but it's also about how does field sales happen in an online environment and what can ha- what do they need to focus on to sort of shift that thinking and how can we adapt the experience so that it is it does meet their outcomes and deliverables sure i mean yeah monetization both kind of direct meaning charging for the event in a variety of ways um we need to talk more about that here in a sec and then indirect which is sort of data i mean data is the way any organization that's using an event for new customer acquisition or development, the data from from people attending their engagement that that's how you monetize it. And so, you know, Ring Central Events is designed to to at its core give the organizer the best ability possible to both monetize you know the people they're engaging coming in the door if that's their the design, but then also the data is the lifeblood of everything. And so giving them the analytics and the exports and integrations into CRM systems and everything else they might need, um, that's just a core embedded part of the product and something we're always improving because you know that's that's where the money is that funds this for organizations and 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 that's what ultimately they're accountable for. Lead generation, you know, moving people through, developing their brand, developing their pipeline. Um, so we take that very seriously. So back to the direct part. Yeah, I mean, we ticketing is, is a core part of the platform, expos as well. I think if, if you're talking about what what can people do as learnings to improve as an exhibitor within an expo, I, I don't want to tell you that I have all the answers to that. I, I do think that the challenge of, of uh, being an exhibitor in a virtual or hybrid scenario versus an in-person is that the way we approach that problem um, as exhibitors doesn't replicate well virtually, right? right? So we can replicate the big stage experience really well in a virtual or hybrid event because we can pre-produce content, make it beautiful and amazing and lighting and everything we want, and we can still make it authentic or we can do it live and do the same thing, you know, but we can make it exactly what we want it to be just like we could in an in-person environment exclusively. But the expo is really much more about the relationship and the, the meeting people, the engagements, the appointments, it's much more of a, a meeting scenario. And 
it's much more around get you know engaging with people frankly ahead of time and 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 setting up meetings and it's not just the random walkbys but it's sort of the for salespeople it's really the purposeful ones that they've been working to develop and getting those relationships to come in i think the the whole model of it has to be thought about a little differently uh, with that in mind. I mean, I, I think there's still the many organizations will use like a sales development role to book appointments for salespeople ahead of time at, at an event where they'll come to the expo, but then they'll go have their meeting. Um, those th- still th- the same th- same things still apply, but I think that you got to think about how do you make that special for people, make it more than just, you know, we shift over here and now we're in a meeting. Like what makes it unique? What makes it your brand? What makes it stand out. And uh, I think the place where it falls down is if we don't put the same energy into it that we would for the physical in-person only, we won't get the same results. And and that's the hard part. It still takes that same investment of time, that same investment of energy and creativity, and maybe even more so a little bit because you've got to substitute for the fact that you and I don't get to walk up to each other and shake hands and say hi and and, and meet each other in person. So you, you actually have to be about it. There's mm-hmm. fewer chances for the serendipity of you shake hands and say hello, and yeah. then you see each other at dinner uh, later that night uh, at yeah. a restaurant down the street, right? There's less sort of opportunity or chance for serendipity. I totally agree that it's just a problem that needs sort of different thinking, right? Like it, we yeah. have to address the assumptions we have, and then we have to create some new tests some new opportunities to try some new things and see if they get us the results that we want. But in no way does it take away from the fact that we still need to have events and they are still meaningful in that online or hybrid space. And I think that, you know, exhibitors, field salespeople and companies need to sort of not come down on hybrid or online events because they are not getting the same result in the same way. Um, they, I think it just takes some rethinking because there are still attendees Mm -hmm. attending the online and hybrid events that, that still bring dollars with them and have a need to invest. It's just a matter of rethinking and challenging our assumptions about ways to engage with those attendees. And it's a problem that I too haven't solved, but it is in the, all the events that we've done, in the Ring Central events platform, uh, there's this trepidation about what is the value of an online expo booth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you're an event organizer and you're trying to sell somebody on the value of the expo booth, it takes a lot of rethinking. And and mm-hmm. I don't know that I have settled on the right value. And yet I still believe that being present at those events is valuable, but there's maybe not that causal ROI that we're used to being able to measure. So even the way in which we measure it is evolving and changing because of what we're learning. Yeah. I mean, it's a just, it's a totally different um, organizational model for those expos and, and, and you have to approach it differently. I, I think about all the events that I've run over the years and your trade shows where you know, the amount of effort and time and money that goes into booth design and what you're going to show and who's going to do those demos and the talking points for what they're going to say and how you answer questions and who are the people who back them up that can be more technical or, you know, if they're a prospect that, that, you know, really has budget and authority and they're ready to go, who's the salesperson you pull in at that point? And, you know, what's everybody wear and attitude, don't sit down, smile, be professional, be engaged. Um, 
when we go somewhere, we have prep meetings. There's all this stuff we do to get people ready. And I'm not, this isn't saying people don't do this in the virtual world. It's to say, but you have to, that it doesn't go away. You know, just because you're joining remotely and you're engaging with someone remotely, you have to be more engaging, more energetic, more dynamic, and you have to be on when they come by. You can't treat it like, you know, you're sort of kind of paying attention, right? You have to really, you have to really manage it just like you would in, well, I shouldn't say just like you would in person with the same energy planning, enthusiasm, and you have to make it engaging. I mean, that's the other thing is you have to make it engaging. A lot of what we do at trade shows physically in person in booths is about what we give away or what we physically show. Well, how do we approximate that, you know, for virtual expo? You can, you can give people, Mm -hmm. you can give people, you can mail people things, you can ship it to them. You can afterwards, you can give them special access to view something. You can follow up, you can pre-schedule appointments. You know, not everything has to happen in the event itself too, right? The Mm -hmm. expo isn't, the be all end all part of this is I need to schedule appointments and be able to, to work with people and talk to them. If that's tomorrow morning after the event's over, that's fine. That doesn't mean that the expo failed. The goal was to get the appointment. If I got the appointment, I had the meeting and the meeting wasn't in my, in the ring central event platform. It was in ring central meetings and that makes you successful. Great. It's uh, we just have to think about it. Think about it a little bit differently, I think. And, but I think that the, the, the place I think things fall down is when we, we think that the, because it's virtual it's, or hybrid, it's going to require less. Yes. I don't have to put into as much to it. It sometimes requires it. more. <laughs> Most of the time. I think it actually it's certainly it's less expensive, but it requires just as much planning and coordination and professionalism and enthusiasm and excitement and maybe a little more creativity. Yes. And I think that you hit on something else and I can't exactly say what you said, but what it triggered in my mind was the beginning and the end. Yeah. Well, the event is, you know, from 9 to 4 or whatever it is, the beginning is fuzzier and the end is fuzzier. And because you have a continuum of products in the Ring Central suite, you can take something from Ring Central events and take it into Ring Central meetings. And so the beginning and the end is a bit arbitrary and the technology that you offer can support you across the the, the spectrum of needs. Sure. Look, in, in a hybrid scenario, if you've got in-person and remote, you know, and virtual, we can scan badges that way. You can do the same thing through your expo virtually. But at the end of the day, even in a purely on-site, you know, 2019 and earlier model, all we would do is we would scan people's badges and make notes and follow up, right? It wasn't like everything happened in the expo because realistically it couldn't. People wanted to go walk to the next booth or they had an appointment or there was a session they wanted to go to. Um, A lot of it was you take the time that someone has, you give them exactly what you can in that moment and you set up follow-up. And then the follow-up is where the money can happen or not. And the same thing's true in events. It's not all going to happen in that moment, just like it doesn't always happen in the moment in a purely on-site event. Success isn't what happened in the construct of the frame of the window while the clock's running, just like it's not in a purely on-site event. The monetization happens in the days and weeks that follow, and it takes the same discipline and focus to make it successful as it does in a purely on-site world, Maybe, maybe more in some ways. Yes. And I think what we're, we've hit on many, many times is the energy. You yeah. have to br- you, you have to bring the energy to the online event or the hybrid event in a similar amount of energy that you bring to the in-person event. And when exactly. you can, yeah. when you can t- get the right amount of energy in the right moment at the event, something special happens and that whatever that special feeling is, it will carry with you 
going forward. And I think that's the thing that I love is that the Ring Central events is giving people the opportunity who may not have the budget um, to experience those same special feelings in a, in a different way, but still having the opportunity to learn what they needed to learn and experience what they want to experience. So from that perspective, we have nowhere to go but forward in regards to that. I think what you said is really, really key. And I think this is one of the things that sets Ring Central apart, uh, events apart from um, some of the other providers in the market is that that ability to not only be an all-in-one kind of comprehensive solution, but to, to let organizers personalize it and make it an event, make it a spectacle, make it special, make it not a meeting. And I think there are some platforms that are more meeting oriented and that's okay if that's what you want, but to an attendee, they feel like one more meeting. And yes. part of that's technology. Um, and we really try very, very hard in the Ring Central Events technology platform to make it easy to make it special. But the other part is what you hit on, which is the human side. I have to approach this as an organizer, as a speaker, as an exhibitor with that excitement, that enthusiasm that I would have if I'm meeting you in person in a convention center at my booth. And that's harder to generate. It's actually even more important because we're also conditioned to being on our computers, not just joining meetings, but, but looking at videos. For Mindshare, we're competing with stuff that's really highly produced and really concise and very entertaining, right? And so you got to hook people, you got to engage them. And, and that starts with the people doing it and the enthusiasm they bring and the creativity they bring and how they make it feel special and different from what we do all day. Absolutely. Um, and again, I will emphasize this again, because it's very near and dear to the hearts of our modern learners, but it's about attendee agency. So creating an engaging experience doesn't mean that everybody loves the hoopla and the hype and the noise and the excitable host yeah. that I love to be. But some people are introverts and quiet and they like to passively take it in, but still value what they're taking in. And so the, the beautiful thing of Ring Central events is it can be whatever the attendee wants it to be within the conditions that the organizers create. Yeah, and really. Just the only limit is your imagination and the time you're willing to put in to make that imagination happen. That's it. And, and our job is to reduce that time, you know, make it faster and faster, simpler and simpler to make great things happen. Awesome. Well, where can people connect with you, Michael and Ring Central? Where Where would you like to send people for more information? The best place to go always is our website. And so you can go to ringcentral.com events and you can learn all about our product. Um, you can contact us there to learn more. You can learn about our packaging and our plans and our pricing. We can get you in touch with salespeople if you want to, to learn more from us. And obviously our great partners like you know our wealth of knowledge as, as well. So we're really grateful for that. Yes, absolutely. So together, Michael and I hope that you have learned a little bit about uh, events and take the challenge and then create something amazing so that attendees can learn and grow. So with that, thanks so much. Have a great day. And as I always say, don't get in trouble. Thank you for joining me today on the Learning to Change podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and inspiring. As we continue to explore the power of learning and its impact on change, remember that it's not about pushing yourself or others to change, but about embracing the process of learning. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. If you're ready to take your learning journey to the next level or bring about a culture of learning in your organization, join us in our free Modern Learners community. We are here to help you navigate the challenges and celebrate the successes that come with embracing learning and change. Simply go to modernlearners.community and join us today. You'll find all the resources from today's show in there. Until next time, stay curious and remember, I'm not asking you to change, I'm asking you to learn. Learning to Change is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Lou Blaser. Marty Seafelt edits our episodes. Our production assistant is Emily Kilduff. And Sean McMullen is our executive producer. Learning to Change is recorded on the stolen land of the Sauk and Fox tribes, the Miami Nation, the Osati, Shakawi, Sioux, Ho-Chunk, and Kickapoo peoples.